Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. special edition of the grave consequences podcast i am caleb b and that is where you can follow me on twitter please follow the show on twitter at gc underscore cast also hit us up grave consequences podcast at gmail.com constructive criticism feedback even non-constructive criticism everything but dick pics we will take everything but dick pics on that and um as always, I am joined by the one, the only, the man known as Maserati. So, Maz, how are you today on October 2nd, my man? I'm actually doing all right. Uh, I'm actually partway through a 24-hour fast. Uh, it ends tomorrow morning, so I'm excited for that. So I'm a little miserable, but, you know, working on that willpower. Mm. So is it like a true fast? Or are you, like, allowed to have water? Or what, what do we got going on here? Yeah, you got to even any kind of fast, you, you have to drink water or, you, or you'll die. Uh, if anyone oh, ever recommends a fast, yeah, if anyone ever recommends a fast and says you can't drink water, never <laughs> listen to them ever again. <laughs> oh, man, that's uh, yeah, they're trying good to kill you. Piece, good piece of advice for sure. Um, <laughs> trying to kill you, man. That is wild. Shout out my Braves winning their first playoff series since 2001 when I was seven years old. I'm 26 now, so that's awesome, man. But we're not here to talk about baseball. We're not here to talk about Greg's eating habits or, uh, you know, anything else of the nature. We are here to talk about Lucha Underground. And tonight we are reviewing season one, episode six. 
entitled The Key. Now, that's a, that's a pretty simple title there for sure. So before we go over, you know, point by point, uh, what did you think of the episode in general? Are we starting off with that right away? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go one to ten, but like, um, no, you know what? Let's let, let's hold off on that. Let's hold off on that. I tried to try to maverick and, you know, change the format mid show. And that's just that's not a good idea, folks. Um, <clears throat> so all things considered, first thing we see on the show is Big Rick in the office of El Jefe Dario Cueto. He signs a contract, big contract, huge signing bonus, too. And it is worth noting Big Rick says, I want my signing bonus in cash. That's worth noting for sure. Cueto, Cueto says he and Cueto at one point adds that he signed Johnny Mundo basically to make an example of him. So that's a bit um, sadistic, as it were, to just sign like a big money guy, relatively big money guy, just to make an example out of him. What do you think about that, man? I had questions about the, the signing bonus in cash because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it and it's one that's more risky, so it seems stupid. And realistically, most criminals try to get their money uh, laundered so that they can get it into the system. So this is one of those things where it's like a gimmick where someone's trying to be like a gangster or or a criminal, but it's just too over the top where it's almost comic bookish or like rapper esque, where it's like just it's not real. Uh, But I, I, you know, that's nitpicking on me, and that's just me asking too many questions while watching the episode. Uh, but it it's it does lead to other things that happen uh, down the line. So it's you know it's nothing wrong with opening with a, with a story segment, a cinematic, especially. And this is one thing else I noticed: the cinematics. Like uh, we talked about how it drops off in season four. I didn't really notice it that much, but looking back at the first season, there's a it's really high quality. Yeah, absolutely, I would agree. Um, you know, you can tell they got their budget slashed for sure. Mm-hmm. So if if we're through that segment, then let's go to the temple. First thing we see is Ivelisse and Son of Havoc. The gist of this little promo here before this match is Ivelisse saying that Son of Havoc is not a joke. Yeah, Ivelisse, you know, he's fought women. He fought a half man. They said half man. And at one point, and I did note that Son of Havoc... Um, you know, mocked like he was, you know, he was crouched, mocking like he was Masquerita. And that, that got a chuckle out of me, man. And uh, right after that, I noted that Eva Lease mentioned the seven-year contract. And we had heard about those, you know, a couple years uh, down the line for negative reasons, as it were. But it was pretty interesting to hear them mention seven-year contracts because, that, as it turns out, that was a shoot. And it's, uh, you, you pointed out to me that she said it, and I completely missed it in the promo. And it seems, it seems like a long time to sign a contract, just in general, for wrestling. Unless you're in WWE and you're getting that WWE money. It seems like yeah. a long time. <laughs> yeah. A seven-year contract for a show that has uh, season breaks, that's not a good idea. And uh, that, that will uh, come back to bite them later on. <laughs> Actually, including uh, Ivelisse as well. Especially Ivelisse. Oh, by the way. Yeah, especially Ivelisse. I did note that uh, Ivelisse said, you know, if we wanted to, you know, be treated like jokes, we'd go live in Nashville. Hard shot at TNA. <laughs> Not oh, even is that remotely what she was subtle. About? Not even remotely subtle. Yeah. Oh, OK. See, I, I was confused about that and I forgot to write down the notes 
And I, I meant to ask you about that. So that's what that was. Cause it was definitely, you could tell by the tone, it was a shoot. Uh, I just didn't know who. Yeah. And I like that. Uh, Son of Havoc grabs the mic and says, you know, I'm issuing an open challenge. Anyone out there face me man to man. Enter, of course. <laughs> this is the man to man line. The Exotico, Pimpinella Escarlata. Pimpy was over the second that he walked into the building. <laughs> Did you notice that? I like him. Uh, yeah. Her or whatever we're supposed to no, refer it's a, to. It's a man. Uh, it, okay. they, they use him, him, her, or he, him pronouns. Okay. See, I, I forgot about that, but I've always liked Pimpinella because, you know, it's an Exotica character or Exotico. Uh, is it Exotico? I, I use Exotico because, again, he, him pronouns, but I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure that's what Vampiro called him, but he's really good. Uh, and I even wrote down in my notes because he looks older. You can tell he's like probably in his 40s and he's yeah. doing some dives. He does one dive where he just lands on the floor <laughs> from the top, from the uh, turnbuckle. And he does some F, some moderately. He's he's more athletic than Blue Damon Jr. I'll say that easily. Yes, yes. Although there was one thing, and I know it was planned, but like when Pimpy was prancing around and was a little, you know, slow off the ropes and he falls like that was like, oh, my God, I hope that. Of course, it was planned, but it just looked bad. It did look. It was scary. <laughs> oh, you know who was at his absolute worst during this match? Was it Vampiro? Matt Stryker. Ah. Uh, Dude, 50-50. he should not. Oh, my God. Like, okay, first things first. He comes, isn't it? He mentions, like, well, you know, we've had a, a bivy of flamboyant male characters and wrestling gorgeous george adrian adonis and then he says the miz i'm like come on you're not even damn it striker what did the miz do to you besides not get fired by wwe i missed that i completely missed that shoot what is this problem <laughs> with miz because miz i mean like Other i don't then i, I mean know. miz like I, i've seen like videos of miz outside of like even outside of interviews, he seems a genuinely nice guy. I just never heard of any beef. And when I grew up, like you, you remember MTV Road Rules? I think that's where yes. he's from. He was originally yeah. on the reality show where, yeah, he plays a douchebag and he may even be a douchebag in real life. But it was really cool seeing a guy from a reality show, Road Rules, and he was on it for a while, a few different seasons make it to wwe and not just be like he's he stuck around like a lot of people come from different disciplines and they don't stick around but miz is he's been there what like 10 years now yeah uh no he's been there about 15 oh 15 yeah i mean that's incredible he never should have been that successful and he was so it's kind of one of those things where you kind of i i gotta stop using that word and what's but, funny I'm sorry to I'm sorry to interrupt. What's funny is Miz actually got better in the ring as well. Like his his weakest point is in ring game. He got so much better, and he was good by the time um, by the time Striker was sent using this line in 2014. Yeah, Miz got good. He's a fully capable. And people critique his wrestling, but he he wrestles WWE style, and he does it well enough. Like people are always like, "Oh, he didn't catch this guy on a dive." Well, I don't know how big WWE naturally like the core is all about dives it's usually the indie guys that are doing the dives but he's completely passable wrestler and he's got a good he's good at talking uh, i don't know how well his his uh face run went when he was going against shane but 
I mean, he's a perfectly great heel. Um, he, yeah. he deserved Intercontinental title. I don't know about the heavyweight title, but Intercontinental, absolutely. He was fine with that. Um, so, I don't, I mean, do you know of any beef he had with Stryker? Because none to my knowledge. I mean, I know he had beef with JBL and Benoit and those guys, but I mean, beyond that, no, no one comes to mind. That's weird. Oh, Del Rio also didn't like him. Del Rio kind of has a history of not liking quite a few people, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, is it Miz or is it Del Rio for sure? So I guess enough about the Miz, because this is a Lucha Underground show. Um, The match starts and I didn't write down a lot about this match in particular. But at one point, it looks like Pimpy hurt his shoulder. Did you notice that? Yeah, they even played into it, and I actually wrote down my notes if it was real, because the way his arm was hanging, like either he's really good at selling injuries, because uh, like I, if you've ever hurt your collarbone or hurt your rotator cuff, like his his arm was hanging uh, a yeah. little bit, and it looked like he was genuinely in pain. And I even wrote down because I don't remember if it's coming up, but he he some people miss great windows of time on the show, and I don't know if we don't see him for a while if this is a real injury or not. Yeah, it's one of those. It definitely could be, for sure. Oh, by the way, uh, about halfway through the match, Masquerita runs in to make the save when the heels were trying to, uh, you know, two-on-one Pimpy. Oh, by the way, the finish comes when... Oh, oh, one thing. I tried to blast right over. Striker at his worst, again, says... Basically accuses Son of Havoc of bigotry. He did? What did he say? can't remember exactly what he said he's like oh but you know son of havoc probably didn't encounter a lot of pimpinellas on the open road oh you know what i do remember yeah he was saying he came from oklahoma and he's probably doesn't take too kindly to people like pimpinella he did not say oklahoma he didn't <laughs> you know he didn't say oklahoma for uh son of havoc son of havoc is not from oklahoma sir oh where is he from Oh, you're not you're not joking. No, he said some state, and I thought it was some. Uh, not it was probably fairly southern, but okay. Um, I know Matt Cross is from Shoot, Ohio, but our son of Havoc is supposedly from. He's from the open road. He said a state, particularly uh, maybe it was Maine or something, but he was basically implying like a state that's probably more, uh, you know, more Republican. I'll say yes. <laughs> is where he's from. And, he's, <laughs> and he doesn't take too kindly to people like Pimpinella. Um, we don't, don't take know. too kindly to your tap around here. Like the drunks in South park. Yeah, that's what he was implying. I'm not sure how much we needed that because everyone was pretty much already on board with Pimpinella. And at this point yeah. in the show, havoc is a joke. Look, this is just cringe commentary, dude, like striker. And he goes on to be so much better in this season, but right here, not good. This definitely didn't age well at all. This wasn't a good episode because I have a note later on for something that made me just say out loud, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, the finish comes when Pimpinella kisses Son of Havoc. That causes shock and confusion, which leads to a roll up. And Pimpinella Escarlata wins. That is the, what, third consecutive loss for Son of Havoc now? Did he win the tag team with. Um... Okay, so he beat sexy i believe he didn't he beat sexy star in her debut yes he did beat her and i'm not sure if he won in that tag team match after he lost they lost the tag match to chavo and sexy um after okay. that 
after that, he lost to Masquerita, and then he lost here. So yeah, he's lost three matches in a row. Yeah, he's he's only has one win, so he he's a joke at this point. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. But folks, it'll come around. It'll come around. Believe me. So after this match, we have a vignette: uh, Mundo, Johnny Mundo grabbing Dario Cueto by the throat. I don't know if Mundo heard what Cueto said to Big Rick. I don't know if he had ears in the room, but you would think he would because he looked like he wanted to kill Dario Cueto. I think he just wants that money, bro. It's a lot of money. I'd be angry too. Yeah. No, he literally looked like he was ready to kill him. So Cueto basically begs for his life, says he's like, I can't pay you if you hurt me, but I can get you your 100K. And uh, we all, of course, know where this is going. But Johnny Mundo grabs the key necklace off of Dario Cueto. And Cueto says, what are you doing? Mundo says, insurance. I was like, that's a that's a nice, cheesy little line. Yeah, how do you know it wasn't that important? What if he's like, eh, what if it's just a regular necklace? He's like, that's fine. I'll get another cool key necklace. Yeah. But he called it. Yeah. It's like you have a 50-50 shot of like taking something sacred off my body right now. <laughs> uh, being either a watch or a uh, bracelet. If you take the bracelet, it's not going to be that much. But the watch, yeah, I'd probably be very upset with you. <laughs> but yeah. Up next, Famous B was in the ring, and he, folks, everyone, he like later down the line, you're gonna learn to either love or hate this guy for sure. But tonight, he's basically cannon fodder because up next is Mil Mortes and Katrina. So here's what I wrote down. Meal bullies famous B. Spear, flatliner, that's it. What'd you write down? What what what'd you think of this, man? I wrote down famous B and then the arrow pointing to zero percent offense. <laughs> nice. Nice. I like it. Uh so again, spear flatliner, that got the win. Famous B was then Stood up in full Nelson position by Mil Muertes, and Katrina gave Famous B the lick of death in his name now. That's nice. Mill seems like he's a very stiff... Like, I was watching this match. His strikes look very... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill very uh stiff like he's throwing potatoes out there it, it could be uh it could also be the fact that you know they enhance the sound on the show so it might fool you into thinking he's stiff possibly i'm gonna need you to stop secrets like showing me how the magic's done <laughs> yeah it's I'm believing this is all real. Next, you're going to tell me wrestling is predetermined, and I'm just going to quit the show. Hey, you can't say that on the air, man. We're a wrestling network. <laughs> um, Drago vignette, I wrote down, Fear the Dragon. That That's the main point of this. Was just, hey, Drago exists. And he's a dragon, as the name suggests. And he has nunchucks. He does have nunchucks as well. I have a, and I'll have to find it on my Facebook, and I'll put it on uh, my Twitter, or the show Twitter, if more people would follow it at GC underscore cast. 
But I have a picture I took with Drago the weekend of WrestleMania 32, actually, at uh, WrestleCon. Spoiler alert, this is 2016. The Pentagon line was way too long. But I really like Drago, too. I, I do want to clarify that. Were you taller than him? Uh, Drago? Yeah, by a couple inches. Okay. He seems like he's Sorry. shorter than usual. Yeah. I'm also not really a tall guy. Like, I'm like a shoot 5'10". I guess in wrestling, I'd be 6'1". I think Drago's probably like 5'7", 5'8". That makes sense. That makes sense for sure. No, that that sounds right. That really does. So after this vignette, of course, the next match, Drago and King Cuerno. I don't know if he wore it in his first match, but King Cuerno wore the deer headdress here. And that, oh my God, it's lovely. It really is, man. It sets him apart. Yeah, and this match was great. I'm sure uh, he will have another great match this weekend when Santos Escobar faces Isaiah Swerve Scott on TakeOver. Of course, by the time this episode drops, that show will have already happened. But enough about that. So we had a run-in from unidentified Asian woman who, of course, like I said, I already know her name. You already know her name, but we're not going to tell the folks. We're going to let them find out on their own. She's only there for about two minutes, and it's funny to me because she, like, each of the two times she's done a run-in here, she has uh, come in in a huff, like, just just scowling, just pissed off, and left in a huff. She's looking for something, and you, th- it's, I'm not sure if she's stuck there, and she can't find the exit, or, you know, there's only so many places to look, and she keeps ending up in the, uh, the main stage where the arena is, so... Uh, I hope she finds what she's looking for soon. Yeah, that that would be nice for sure. Um, she still hasn't found what she's looking for. But no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, call back to the last time these two faced off. Referee Justin Borden is pushed down into Jeff Hardy wheelbarrow position again by King Cuerno. I'm Cuerno eats a tope for it. He tries to buy some time to recover, and it, it did seem, at first I was confused as to why he did it, because I feel like he could have just left the ring anyway, but maybe I missed something as to why he needed to do that, because it almost triggered a DQ, um, but I, I'm sure I just missed uh, why that was needed. I mean, I, I must have, too. I just thought he was just being a dick, to be honest with you. <laughs> maybe that was it. <laughs> so, King Cuerno gets the win, and he got the win off of the thrill of the hunt, right? Yes, he did the Michinoku driver, and I meant to ask you, what's the name of the uh, dive he does? Because he does, like, I, I could have sworn it was called arrows something. It's like a shot of the arrow, and he'll start doing um, some uh, gestures before he does it. But it's like the best dive, because it's almost like a spear. Yeah. How so the dive does. is badass. The dive is badass. I don't know the name, unfortunately. And the gesture you're referring to is also badass, because he acts like he's taking some uh, some arrows out and uh, shoots them. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's it, awesome. It's just uh, more to his hunter motif, and he does that before he does the thrill of the hunt, and he wins definitively with this. Uh, yes. Are they one and one? Yes, they are tied one and one. I could watch these guys wrestle all the time, because I'm not the biggest Drago fan, but he is good. Oh, absolutely Drago is good. He's very good. So before the main event, Johnny Mundo actually comes out here, uh, grabs a microphone. He's out here to collect his money. 
Big Rick interrupts him. For that, Big Rick eats a tope. That was just badass. He eats the tope, and Mundo gets back in the ring on the mic. He says, ah, blah, 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 give me my money, basically. Conan then interrupts him. He says, you know, Puma's not your boy. You're not getting your money. If anything, you need to give that money to Puma, blah, blah, blah. And before he can really say anything back to Conan, Big Rick comes in, starts, you know, beating down on him. I believe the crew comes in, too. And at at that point, it's a three-on-one situation. I don't remember the crew. Uh, if they if they were there, they were pretty in, insignificant at, after, pretty soon. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then Prince Puma comes in, directly defying his what his advisor said, and helps Johnny Mundo out. Yeah, it was very confusing that why he, they said different things. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I think it's just like Puma. Kind of a like a got like a punk kid energy to him. He's a little defiant, you know. Um, but that being said, that being said, after they clear out the heels, um, Puma and Mundo start fighting. So we got a three way situation going on. That's when Dario Cueto comes in. He says, "Hey, Big Rick, this is Big Rick's signing bonus here, one hundred thousand dollars." And you know, Big Rick, you know, this is his signing bonus, but he didn't read the fine print. So, and this is going to be awesome. It's got to be awesome. Next week, we are having a ladder match where the with um, the winner receiving the one hundred thousand um, dollar brief. Man, I can't even talk right now. And that involves Big Rick, Prince Puma, and Johnny Mundo. How hype are you for that match, man? I'm excited, and I wish that was the main event for this episode. Um, and you know, we were talking about Matt Striker earlier. In, in this segment, he says, this is dirt sheet quality news. And uh, that's when I wrote down that's... on my notes to just shut up. Yeah, he... What the fuck? What does that yeah, mean? I don't know, because that doesn't make any sense. And it's it's one of those shoots that, you know, I, I don't need it. It doesn't make any sense. I don't like any time someone... Uh, implies... the show. Yeah, I don't like any time they point out that wrestling's fake. Like, I didn't like it when Ronda did it. I don't like it when anybody does it. No. Stupid. No, it is. It is stupid. Because if you point out, like, you wouldn't watch The Walking Dead and then Rick Grimes breaks character and he's not using an American accent anymore. That's not going to happen. No, it shouldn't. I mean, that'd be terrible. That'd be, that would be terrible. I agree. So that segment, I, I like that segment, even though that striker line, which I didn't pick up, was pretty stupid. And I wanted to talk about the main event but before we talk about the main event let's hear a word from our sponsor folks today's episode of the grave consequences podcast is brought to you by pro slash social suplex go to that link on your google machine find every bit of social suplex podcast network swag you could ever dream of you will not regret making that purchase and now Let's go to the main event. So time for the main event now. Tonight, it is a mixed tag team match. We've got Pentagon Jr. and Chavo Guerrero Jr. against Sexy Star and Phoenix. Uh, Here's what I wrote down. This match was slow. It had a slow start. I did like the story beat of Phoenix essentially refusing to tag out until he absolutely had to. uh, Sort of like being kind of chivalrous. There was one really cool spot that I wrote down. Phoenix super kicked Chavo Guerrero 
into a sunset flip pile driver. Yes, there was a lot of good double team maneuvers. Uh, and like you said, it started off slow until Pentagon and Phoenix get the other two out of the ring immediately once they're in the yeah. ring together. That was when the batch started picking up for me. Absolutely, man. Pentagon and Phoenix, my God, it's like they're brothers or something. Almost. I mean, they seem to be on the same level a little bit there. And I, I even wrote down my notes because uh, they were calling Chavo Culero. And uh, I wrote, I did Google Translate, uh, and that apparently means asshole. I saw that, yeah. I saw, like, some, like one of them said diaper, and I'm like, uh, that can't be right. <laughs> and then, yeah, I saw asshole was on there. I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. So how did they, okay, because I missed, I apparently looked away from my TV screen for the wrong two seconds. How exactly did the faces win this one? Do you remember? Oh, crap. I didn't write down the exact move, but... Because uh, I thought it was the sunset, or I thought it was the super cake into the sunset flip pile driver. It was something similar to that. Now, since I remembered it until you asked me the question, the Pentagon gets hit into like a sunset driver or a, a super Rana. He gets he gets pinned by uh, Sexy, I believe, right? Yes. yes sexy yeah. got it to win. They basically they threw Chavo out of the ring because obviously you want to protect Chavo by sacrificing Pentagon Jr. I mean that, that makes perfect sense. Why would why wouldn't you sacrifice Pentagon Jr.? Yeah, you can just he's he's nothing, right? He's not popular with anybody. I mean at this point Chavo's the ri- dude. Yeah, Pentagon's not even the nephew of Eddie Guerrero. Who cares about him? You're right. You're right. I'm crazy. I mean, it, I, that was one of the notes I wrote down was I wrote down, imagine sacrificing Pentagon to protect Chavo Guerrero. Uh, but there was one really cool spot where Sexy Star did like a corkscrew crossbody off the turnbuckle and landed on her feet. But then Phoenix did a moonsault version of that. It was like every time she did something cool, he had to do something cooler. So I don't know how chivalrous he was because he kept one upping her. Phoenix just basically being like, yeah, yeah, I'm the real talent on this team. He is, but I mean, I was I impressed. Mean, yeah, that she did he that. is. I agree. I mean, she she's pretty. I forgot how good she was. I I I was remembering her being like decent, but she's pretty good. She is, but I just hope they don't push her too hard, man. Yeah, that's yeah. There's some uh, questionable things, but we'll we'll get to that when we get to it. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, folks, that's actually the show this week, man. Like that felt like a breeze, didn't it, Greg? It was because I think neither of us wrote down too many quotes or too many notes for the main event. I mean, the main event was you 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 liked it, right? Or you didn't like it? It was fine. It this is probably the worst main event they've actually put on, in my opinion. Yeah, that is a high bar. It's a high bar. Fifty percent of it was good, uh, Phoenix and Pentagon, and then fifty percent of it. It was not main event quality for me, like Chavo and Sexy Star. And it kind of took away from, you know, again, from the last episode, even story-wise, I don't know why Pentagon got involved and helped Chavo. And we uh, Phoenix makes sense because he's a good guy. He's got to go save the girl. But, yeah, it didn't do anything for me. I, I was not high up on this main event at all. No, I agree. So, But I am thinking they're really going to make up for it next week. That three-way ladder match, even if Big Rick is a huge guy, that's still going to blow the doors down, bro. Yeah, it'll be great. I mean, it's the good yeah. guy, or big guys with high-flying guys is always good, like Hardy and Undertaker. I mean, you're fine. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
So that's the show, man. That is the show. So, by the way, guys, always remember, love you for listening. Play you forgot one more thing. Don't. What did I forget? What did I forget? You forgot to rate the show. I mean, that's what you want to do. Oh, yay. I'm trying to sign us off. My God, I am all over the place right now. Let's rate the show. Mozzie, what did you rate it this week? One to ten. I gave it a 5.5. I'm going to go six and a half. And the only reason I was going to go seven until the main event. Yeah, I, I, I feel, you know, you ever heard the, the term something's greater than the sum of its parts. I felt like this episode was less than the sum of its parts. Like I, I look at individual matches and I'm like, I really like that match. But then when I look at the show as a whole, I'm like, meh, I would, it would definitely not be the show I use to try to introduce people to the show. And it's a show, if someone missed it, I would just tell them what happened. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. It's definitely not one of those, if you're doing a rewatch, that you have to see. I'll be completely transparent there. But it wasn't awful. We have not seen a bad episode of Lucha Underground so far. Yeah, I mean, if it's bad, I'm going to give it under. My rating is, you know, anything under five is bad. Five is average. Uh, yeah, it's slightly better than average to me. That's fair. That's fair. So, folks, for real this time, <laughs> thank you for listening. We love you platonically. Don't read too much into it. God bless you. And always remember, we are the true ace of podcasts. Folks, we are not alone here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. There are plenty of other great shows on here. None as great as ours, of course. But... We have on this lineup a bivy of great shows, including 8-Bit Suplex, Suplex, hosted by Sandy Gaviria and Josh McLaughlin, even though he hates me for some reason. We also have All Things Elite, hosted by Austin S. and my boy, my fellow Oki, Floyd Johnson Jr. Again, that's All Things Elite. That covers AEW, and it does it in a damn good way. We got Get in the Ring, DJ Cooks, great host. Also, he hosts a show called The Great Match Generator, and I believe... Uh, once or twice you've been on that show, if I'm not mistaken, right, Greg? I was on the first one. We've also got Grown Men Watch This Shit. Again, that's James Vanderbeek and Chris Bryant. Two great guys, in my opinion. Another show, uh, New Japan-centric, Keeping It Strong Style, hosted by Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh Smith. A couple of great guys, in my opinion. Lo- loads of great people on this network, if you if you notice the theme. Also, of course, we got the OGs of Social Suplex. We got One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd every Sunday on the network. We've also got the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Last but not least, I love those guys. They're my homies from Scotland. Ricky, you are one handsome devil, and you guys put on a great podcast. And always remember to listen to the Grave Consequences podcast, or there will be Grave Consequences.